Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello and welcome, my friends. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for being here live on the air with me. I am always so grateful for you, for each one of you, for listening to my show live, archived, and also for downloading the show on iTunes. I do appreciate you all. Much love to you. Just a quick introduction. I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. Some of the areas that affect our life are as follow but not limited to our personal growth, professional growth, money, finances, spirituality, health, fitness, and also overall the quality of life. On this show, we have guests that come and help me along the way, and sometimes I host the show solo. Before I bring on my guests, I would like to set my intention as usual. My intention of doing this show is to help inspire you. I like to help inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's all up to you. All I ask of you on the show is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your right, your life, so make the decision that is right for you. My guests are professional in their field, so if you like, you can reach them directly from the information I provide on the show. And remember, the show is intended to be for information purpose and also thought-provoking. If you'd like to know more about me and how I can help you and be in service to you, please visit my website at www.coachingbyria.com. You can also send me a message here on the show, so make sure you follow the show for up-to-date information. You can also email me at coachria, one word, at gmail.com. That's coachria at gmail.com. I'm also on Skype. So please reach out to me if I can help you in any way. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Okay, welcome my friends. Uh, you are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're listening to the show live or archive or if you download the this, this, this show on Stitcher or iTunes. I do appreciate each one of you. Much love to you guys. So again, this is part two of the Best of 2013. It's hard to believe that the year is going by so fast. We only have days before we welcome the new year, and I have faith that 2014 is going to be a great one. But I like to to take you back in in in, in time of of what we had on the show here. Some of the best information we shared here on the show. Some of the best guests we feature here on the show, 
and I try to put it in two-part um, um, episodes for you. We did last week, so if you didn't lo- listen to the first part of 2013, the best 2013 um, that is archived now, so go ahead and listen to that, and today is part two, and I'm featuring three guests that were on the show that really had impacted me and inspired me um, and uh, also shared a lot of great information on the air. So I wanted to bring you some of the highlights of their interview here on the show. So we're going to go ahead and kick off the the show today with um, one of the best ladies that I've ever had the pleasure and the honor to meet is Randy Taron, the founder of Project Happiness the author of Project Happiness Handbook. And uh, Randy came on the show and she shared her passion for helping, especially, specifically young people, find happiness in their life. She is a a filmmaker and uh, she had the pleasure of meeting uh, the Dalai Lama and she did a documentary um, about the the um, uh, the Project Happiness. She's like I said, this is a nonprofit organization. So you know your support to her organization, and if you have um, a passion for you know trying to find happiness and helping other you know especially young young people uh, find happiness in their life, I encourage you to go to her website, Project Happiness and uh, ProjectHappiness.org, I believe. And uh, I will put that information again. But before I can keep going here, I'm just going to go ahead and play her interview, or at least the highlight of what uh, Randy had to say about how to find happiness and what is really true happiness. So here it goes, and uh, enjoy. Hello, Randy. It is really a pleasure to have you on this show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Rhea. It's my pleasure to be here. You know, just going through the stuff that you've been doing, it's it's really, truly an honor to have you on this show and share your projects and your work with the world and our listeners. And when I think about, you know, how we measure happiness in a society that is unfortunately so superficial, and, you know, unfortunately the young people, and I know, you know, most of your work has been between the ages 7 and 17, but it's of all ages. It really is of all ages. But particularly young people, they fall victim of the circumstances and superficial world that we live in. What, so what is lasting happiness like some of these kids were asking? <laughs> well, the, you know, they were looking to the Dalai Lama for the answer. And what they found out is that happiness is different. It's unique for everyone. So it's not really a uh, paint-by-numbers formula. People have to find their own path to happiness, and the best way to do that is not by looking to external things like, you know, the next, uh, you know, iPhone or gadget or pair of jeans to give you happiness. That's only short term. It really has to do with looking inside at what are your strengths, what are your gifts, and how you can identify them. Um, and share them with others. That's where the magic comes in. That's why I really admire your project and your work that you're doing because these children really need to understand it's the answer is within that happiness that they've been looking for and searching for for a long time. It does not exist on the outside. Yeah. For any happiness to be lasting, it has to be personal and it has to come from within and I think that's true for every age and mm-hmm. and um, people of every age 
kind of deal with the same questions at one point or another. So the lucky ones get to look at it early in life, but it's something that everyone has to address. And we don't want to wait until, you know, we're on our last breath to to think of, you know, did I have a happy life or would I have done something different? It's all about giving people more awareness of the choices that we all have and the power we all have, really, to shape the happiness in our lives. The Dalai Lama said, you know, the purpose of our life is to be happy. He also said happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your actions. And, of course, you shared Aristotle's, you know, um, quote as well that I, you know, I I love that quote as well. Happiness is the meaning and the purpose of life, the whole aim and end of human existence. So, you know, obviously, you know, that's what makes us strive and, and, and go forward. You know, I mean, when we have that joy within us, we can do a lot of different things. Like and the thing is, we think. all have that joy. We were, you know, you just have to look at at babies and young children. They mm. know how to be happy. You know, it's mm. not it's not a big struggle. So as we get older, somehow that is socialized or quote educated out of us. You know, we have to conform to be a certain way and and so on. But the thing is, is all those um, capacities are within us still within every single human being. So if we can just learn to reaccess those, then we can reactivate that happiness. Um, for, that's for any age. I, I'm very optimistic about that, especially with the latest findings in positive psychology, neuroscience, mm-hmm. and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. everything points to the same um, answer, that it, it is all within us and with practice, we can actually change the neural pathways in our brain. We can reshape our brain to um, access greater happiness. It's really uh, very encouraging. And that's what, you know, the key, what you just mentioned, you know, being mindful. You know, I mean, obviously, being aware, being conscious of, of, of yourself and what makes you truly happy and, and what resonate with you. So what I, you know, when I think about, like, you know, how important it is, the education and the knowledge and obviously processing the information, it's really also very important, is teaching it in school. Teaching it mm-hmm. to, you know, it starts from home, you know, and that's another thing, and I know you've talked about that as well, you know, all this combination, it's an effort. But, yes, I am optimistic as well, but I think we have, a, you know, we have a long way to go, you know, because we need to spread that awareness that it, it starts from home, goes to the school, and then on to life. You know, even in your job, even the CEO of a company, CFO of a company, whoever, you know, um, representing the leadership, you know, in that company need to also be aware and conscious of that of their employees and how he can create a team of, you know, leaders as well, just because, you know, that team's happy and content in what they're doing. You have reached over 57, I think, how many countries have uh, been involved oh, um, in? Over 77. What got you really, you know, interested in the whole project itself and, and, and project happiness? Well, for me, Riyadh started in a very personal way, and I think, I think that's true about the things that you become very passionate about. There has to be a personal reason. For me, um, it was my eldest daughter who was, just as you were describing, she was 
stressed out from from school and from all the pressures and um, actually became uh, depressed. And I wanted to help her with every fiber in my being. And, you know, I had all these great books and all these resources, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't, it wasn't getting through. Um, so I started speaking to the experts and I learned that this issue of stress was not just in my family. You know, you question yourself. You question, what could I be doing different as a parent? And But it wasn't just in our family or even in our neighborhood. It is all across the country, and it's mm-hmm. even all across the world. Mm-hmm. There's this um, statistic that came out. The World Health Organization predicts that by 2020, which is just around the corner, depression mm-hmm. will be the second greatest cause of human suffering. And that's oh, for all yeah. countries, for all socioeconomic backgrounds, and for all ages. For all ages. That really struck me. That's young kids to to people in their last stages. So, wow, that, that was such a, a wake-up call. And I wanted to do something... You know, not only to help my daughter, but to help other kids and and people in general. And my background was film, so I thought, let's start there. That's an easy way to take in, you know, some new perspectives, some new messages. Um, and uh, I had the great good fortune of working with some wonderful people um, to open up this conversation to different cultures as well. So we we worked with high school students from three countries, three continents actually, from the United mm-hmm. States, from India, and um, originally from Tibet, and also from Africa, and invited them to join this conversation, in fact, to teach us what is lasting happiness. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed George Lucas, Richard Gere, a very famous neuroscientist, uh, Dr. Richard yes. Davidson. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, they met in India for a private audience with the Dalai Lama. So it was an incredible year. Wow. I mean, what, you know, I mean, of course, I'm going to get to that point, you know, to tell me what is it like to meet, you know, the Dalai Lama. Was that something unbelievable? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of everything that you hear, really. Wow. Um, people, uh, well, when he entered the room, people started, you know, crying out of nowhere, you know, just tears flowing. People who were angry just dropped that anger. Um, it was like a hush came over the room and, and sort of a an energy that was tangible. It was really tangible. And um, his laughter is so contagious. His his words are so wise um, and so mm-hmm. multi-leveled. It was it was transformational for all of us. All of us. See here what we're trying to talk on this show here. Not you hiding behind your emotion and, and ignoring them. You know it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be you know. But but what's not okay is you keeping quiet and not doing anything about it. You know, because there are 
options. There are things that you can start doing today. And the more you're mindful and you're more, the more you're aware of it, you know, the easier for you to recognize, you know, there, there can be a way. I always say if there's a will, there is a way. And unless you deal with the actual cause of the problem, unless you bring that awareness to that problem, I think it will always still exist. And I think it's, it's an effort from everybody, like yourself and with the project that you're doing, other people open it up. And, and, you know, I hope everybody who's listening to the show today go to um, Randy's website, projecthappiness.org, and check it out. Check out the work that they do. And remember, it's a nonprofit organization, so, of course, they can use your support. Um, we're not selling anything on the show here. I just wanted to bring awareness, and I think this is something could be a dear um, to a lot of people. Including me, and you can probably hear from my voice. You know, it's it's really important that we do bring that awareness to everybody and, and start taking action to help out. Um, wow, the film okay. came first, and the idea was that um, the students who participated in the film also had to share their reflections and their wisdom with. Um, with because we were planning to do a book or a little manual to mm-hmm. share with kids around the world. Um, and that little manual kind of grew and grew and grew, and we brought in the best of, uh, you know, positive psychology, um, Tal Ben-Shahar from Harvard, um, the the best in mindset, Carol Dweck from from Stanford, Richie Davidson in neuroscience, and on and on and on. I mean, really, we wanted to bring in the best thought leaders. It was kind of creating a book that I wished was available to my daughter and to kids her age uh, in their schools because I really believe that, you know, understanding yourself, self-awareness, and learning how to manage your emotions, which uh, involves also identifying what those emotions are, not stuffing them, just as you said, and then um, developing compassion for yourself and empathy for others. And that is the root um, solution, I would say, for bullying. You know, we can treat bullying by, you know, saying don't do this, and, you know, a lot of don'ts. But um, it all starts with having a real sense of empathy for our fellow human beings, no matter what age, what background. And that is something that can be taught, so that's part of it. And then we go into um, the understanding that we're all interrelated and uh, to, you know... inspire people to find their gifts because everybody, every single person is born with a gift. And the challenge of this lifetime is to find out what that is Mm -hmm. and nourish it and express it. I mean, that is one of the cornerstones of happiness. If you can express your gift, your natural talent, your, what lights you up and makes you feel alive, what you're passionate about. If you can express that in your own life and uh, also to help others. Oh, that's so true. 
I mean, what what a, a, a recipe for lasting happiness that is. I really, truly believe the fact that when you start actually reaching out and helping somebody, you are helping yourself in the process. And therefore, like you said, it's contagious because we start, you know, just like it, it, it's a chain, like we don't want to break, right? So we continue right. that same process. And if we, we keep doing that, so that's why I'm constantly encouraging young people, you know, to do that. Like one of the, the young lady, lady who came on my show last year, um, she was being bullied and she had a mm-hmm. story to tell. I mean, it was really heartbreaking. But one of the things that I, you know, she's doing now that I'm really so proud of her, she started a group you know, a support group, that she's actually, um, you know, leading that group and helping some of these young women, you know, with, with how they were feeling and all these things. And uh, she's in the process helping herself. And Absolutely. she feels good about it. And, and I think that's what the key is. But then, again, I really emphasize the awareness. I think it's very important that everybody is aware of this this. Um, um, epidemic that we have, which is depression. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we, it's our right to be happy. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what we're here for. Um, and then to spread that joy and spread that happiness and, and, and keep on doing it. I was- Even scientific studies have proven that happiness is contagious to the third degree. So if you come home, you know, you're driving in your car and you're singing to your favorite happy song, you know, um, the next person you come into contact with will be 25%, up to 25% happier. And the person that they come into contact, that they reach, they speak to after will be up to 10% happier and the third person will be 5.6% happier. And the fascinating thing is they might not even know why, but it is like you said, a virus of happiness. I mean, why not spread something like that instead of misery? Because emotions are contagious, and and we all have that choice of how we're going to influence others. And most people don't realize that they have far more influence than they even know. You know, have you ever walked into a room and someone is so down that it just sucks? all the air out of the room as compared to going into a room where, you know, you can just sense the the yeah, joy right. and the happiness. Maybe there's some laughter and all of a sudden everybody feels that way. So so. True. It's so true. I wanted to remind our listeners to find out all the resources that we've been talking about here, all that information that Randy is mentioning. Go to Project Happiness. I know I have a question for you. So the whole thing started, you were inspired because of your child and and how she was struggling, you know, herself. What does she have to say about this now? (laughs) She is, oh my gosh, she's just, she's inspired me so much um, because, well, I think it actually gave her a new perspective in her life and now she is the example of somebody who is following her dreams. Um, she uh, has graduated college uh, in environmental studies and wilderness leadership. So nice. she finds her peace and her joy in nature. And she has become um, a, a competitive skier uh, on the world circuit. 
um, also a ski patrol, also an EMT, and also she founded her own nonprofit called South American Beacon Project, where she teaches avalanche safety um, in Chile. Um, but I am very, very proud. Oh, I, you, you should be, and I, you know, I mean, that sounds amazing. But of course, she has an amazing mother too. So you know. Well, we've been through our our journey together, and uh, I think we've both um, transformed as a result of it. Um, And and she and I have conversations about, you know, the easy ways to have more happiness in your life. She talks about noticing the little things in life, like having a nice cup of tea or uh, a lovely conversation with a friend and savoring that. So it's really... uh, become and having gratitude for oh. all the wonderful people and experiences that have crossed our path so you know we sh- we share that it, it's 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 That's a beautiful. great thing yes it, it really transforms your life it in big in big ways something so little as um, paying attention to your breath you know mm. noticing are, are you <gasps> You know, mm-hmm. or can you reverse that by just okay? Everyone's grandmothers would say, "Take, take five deep breaths; it'll calm mm-hmm. you down." Well, that's not old wives' tale. It really works, and all mm-hmm. these studies on mindfulness mm-hmm. are are proving that it's it's easier than we think to come back to that state of equilibrium. But it's a practice. So if we can do that. You know, every day, like you said, doing gratitude every day, you know, practicing some deep breathing every day, um, and, and doing some exercise is one of the fastest mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Yoga. To, I know you are yoga. Yeah. You teach yoga still? Do you still teach yoga? Oh, my gosh. Yoga I love yoga. One of my, it's different for everyone. It could be getting out in nature. It could be paying attention to your mindset. So that's something interesting. Um, for example, if if you're giving a presentation and it doesn't go perfectly well, you can either beat yourself up and just you know focus on, oh, I blew it. I'm never gonna speak again. You know, I just don't have what it takes, and I'm not doing it. You know, or you can say, what is there to learn in this situation? Mm-hmm. And Everybody's learning, and everyone has to take that first step, and it's only going to make me stronger. And um, that's called the growth mindset, and we can mm-hmm. we can switch to that. It's it's possible, and again, that comes down to awareness. Know yourself a little bit more. Take some time to look inside. Maybe do some of those quizzes and. And find out what your strengths are, or even ask some of your friends what they see as your strengths, your talents, what what is inside of you, and spend some time uh, developing some of those, or you know, um, exploring that part of yourself, um, because that becomes a very easy uh, way to express yourself and and living in that will make you happier um Uh, randy thank you so much for being here and being a great guest you shared a lot of great information again go to projecthappiness.org and check out all the available resources 
um, the um, um, Randy has on the website, including you know the film, the documentary, the the handbook, and much much more. Randy, with all you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I'm so grateful for you and for you right to be sharing you, your, your life. Right back you, Thank you so much. And your energy. You are beautiful. Thank you so much. Have a great day, okay? You too. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Dr. David Kenneth Waldman founded To Love Children. When I met Dr. David Kenneth Waldman in my office, uh, when I was the minister in charge of gender, and he came to sell me this idea, his vision of, of uh, the girl-child education, I impressed it because I thought this is the way we would be able to empower our young girls. Please go to tolovechildren.org and donate. Thank you for helping me to take my passion and turn it into action. We can all take part. Okay, welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. You are listening to Randy Teron, the founder of Project Happiness. Dot org, the movie, and the handbook. And she was amazing. She really shared a lot of great information. So I hope you got, you know, as much as out of it, as much as I did, and inspired by her. We're going we're gonna to move on to the next uh, guest. But, you know, as I mentioned, this is part two of the best of the, um, the year 2013. We're just going back in time a little bit and sharing uh, with you some of the highlight of the year here on Your Life Now radio show. We had some amazing guests, and, and you know what? I, there was no way I can had everybody on, but we did. And I thank each one of them for coming on the show and sharing a lot, a lot of great, positive information here. So we're going to move on now to Dr. Walter Jacobson, a California licensed certified psychiatrist, the author of Forgive to Win. Dr. Jacobson shared a lot of great helpful tips on the show here, and he shared how to take the, some of the tips on how to take control of your life, regulate your emotions, manage your anxiety, control your impulses, and effectively communicate with others. So with all due, uh, um, before any further you know, uh, explanation, I am going to turn it over to the highlight of of the interview with Dr. Walter Jacobson. So enjoy. Hello, Walter. Thank you for being here, my friend. Hey, thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Well, let's start, let's start by talking a little bit about your new program, uh, Wellness 101. Sure. And, uh, yeah, tell us what goes on with most of us and why do we jump to use medications right away. Okay. Uh, basically, the... Uh, the reason why people uh, usually resort to medications is because, uh, on some level, their lives are unmanageable. Either they have a tremendous amount of depression, they can't 
control or mood swings or anger they can't control or they have anxiety and panic attacks they don't they can't seem to control or uh or impulsivities uh you know impulsive uh, or or compulsive or obsessive behaviors that they can't control and so uh because they can't control these things on their own with their mind they resort to a chemical that can basically chemically restrain them and bring down the depression bring down the anger and impulsivity and anxiety uh, the downside is that, you know, some people this is necessary, but for many people, if they would just do the work, if they would just figure out their insecurities, understand what their fears are, understand about their resentments that they're carrying towards others, understand their vulnerabilities, what triggers them to uh, to get angry or defensive, if they would understand these things and then have to, uh, p- uh, cognitive tools to talk themselves down, to reality check for themselves, to uh, to look at the data and decide whether they really do need to be reactive and angry or depressed or anxious they can people can control their emotions they can bring themselves back to baseline they don't have to go out into the ozone of aggression or or depression or anxiety so uh and they won't need to rely on these medicines which ultimately are are chemicals that are toxic that uh, do build up in the system they don't they're not a magic pill they don't make people happy they just Mm -hmm. help people to sort of accept difficult situations and and get through their lives but that's not what really we want for people we really want people to have very satisfying lives and very satisfying relationships and 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 not to be victimizing themselves with their thoughts and their uh, emotions and so that's what emotional wellness 101 is all about how to teach people not to be a victim of their mind how to teach people how to control their thoughts rather than be controlled by them and when you can control your thoughts you can control your emotions and you can control your behaviors, and then you tend to like attract and create the life that you want. Used to suffer with anxiety attack years ago, and it started for me when I was in college, and I didn't know anything about anxiety attacks. And all I remember, I was sitting in in the lecture room, and then I felt, you know, most people who have, you know, experienced anxiety attack, you know, it feels like you're having a heart attack. You know, your heart is beating really fast, you're sweating, you you just feel out of control, your body feels out of control. And I remember being rushed, you know, uh, fortunately at that time my sister was taking the same class with me, and she rushed me me to the university hospital, and uh, they said, oh, you just have an anxiety attack. It's like no big deal, you know. And, you know, all I remember, I was taking, you know, anxiety uh, medication to control my anxiety, and for years I was taking it. I knew I wasn't feeling good with it. I went back to my doctor and I kept telling him, it's like, I just don't feel right with them. These medications are doing other things to me and I'm not really happy with it. So I'm just, the reason I'm sharing my personal experience, because again, you know, I I just wanted to um, emphasize to the listeners, you know, it's a different situation for a different person. And, And the reason I'm sharing my experience is just to tell you, you know, there is work needs to be done. And, and I'll, until I, came to that conclusion that I needed to connect with my mind. I need to figure out exactly what is bringing on these anxiety attacks. Why was I anxious? And what happened before I experienced that anxiety attack? So I started documenting, you know, events and and situations that was bringing it on. And and just by simplifying and commanding my mind to tell me exactly, you know, why am I feeling this way? Because, I mean, you are a psychiatrist and you can please correct me if I'm wrong. You know, we feel, we think and then we feel, right? So the the thought brings on the feeling. Mm-hmm. So if we can manage these thoughts and manage what is going on, wouldn't you think we'll be able to to manage how we feel? 
Yeah, absolutely, and you, you, you're absolutely right. Uh, thoughts precede emotions, and thoughts will precede anxiety. And what causes anxiety and panic attacks are usually uh, uh, thoughts of conflict. Uh, they're fear thoughts, uh, some uh, catastrophic thought about the future. What if this, what if that what might happen? It's basically anxiety is a mind that's out of control and terrorizing itself with all of these thoughts. Now, sometimes these uh, thoughts, people are aware of something that triggered the anxiety. Uh, but a lot of times people are not aware, they're, they're not in touch, uh, these thoughts are somewhat unconscious and, and that's why you have to, in order to work on yourself and heal yourself, you have to do what you did, which was, well, let me look at my thoughts. What was I doing just mm -hmm. before I got really anxious and panicky? Was somebody talking to me? Was I, uh, you know, was I watching TV? Was there a commercial on TV about a mother and a daughter having a wonderful mm -hmm. relationship and that triggered uh, my anxiety about the relationship I have with my mother? You, you start to look at the stuff of your day. You look at the contents of your mind and you start to learn about what your unconscious and subconscious fear thoughts are, what your conflicts are that trigger the anxiety. Once you, once you identify the hot thought, once you identify the, the you know, anxiety-provoking thought, then you can look at it and go, is this realistic? Is this a realistic fear, or is this a fear based on my insecurity? You know, when you start worrying about, well, what if I, what if I break up with so-and-so, and then I never find another relationship, and I, uh, I end up dying alone? And then you have this huge panic attack at the thought of dying alone when that's not really realistic. Uh, if you work your tools, if you work your life, if you learn from past mistakes and relationships, the odds are you can eventually find a relationship that's healthy and sustainable. So you are able to talk yourself down. You say, that's a catastrophic fear thought. It's not real. I'm terrorizing myself. I don't have to go there. Uh, you know. And, uh, and when you do this enough, you reinforce this behavior enough, eventually it becomes a habit where you're able to, mm -hmm. to recognize the fear thought, recognize the anxiety thought, correct it, uh, challenge it, correct it, and you'll see, you literally will see and feel the anxiety come down. And the more you practice mm -hmm. this, the better you get at it. Well, there's a lot of great tips that I've used myself, but I think you, you said it beautifully. And one of the things I did that I really um, can add to this on my professional level and my, you know, being, you know, working also with, with um, a client, even working with myself, you know, to, to, to uh, to uh, um, explain it that way, I think fear, fear is the cause of most of our stress and anxiety. And like you said before, if we can actually analyze the fear, what are we afraid of? And, and so what? And keep taking it down to really to get to the bottom of it. And so like you said, you know, I'm afraid that I'm never going to find somebody. So what would happen if you can't find somebody? And then, well, you know, I might get too old, you know, before I find somebody. Okay, so what would happen if you get too old and you can't find somebody? And I guess the questions, asking these questions, you know, to come down to the bottom of the actual, you know, cause of your anxiety and problem, you know, you will be able to hopefully ease your um your pain and your stress and your anxiety, and of course, with the help of someone like yourself and, and, and a lot of different things that you can reach out and get some help and before you take the shortcut, I always say there is no shortcut to life. you know when we try to take a shortcut, we cut ourselves short. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, this, you know it, it takes work uh, to uh, to sort of transform your mind and heal your mind and get control of it. 
And uh, a lot of times it's it's hard work that people don't want to do. And if they can take a pill that just sort of like uh, evens them out, they, they feel, okay, that's all they really want to do. But uh, like I said, unfortunately, it numbs people. Uh, it uh, it doesn't really help people to change and grow. It makes people more complacent and dull. So uh, I, you know, my feeling about medicine is if you if you know some people need it, I'm not going to challenge that. But sometimes people should just use it temporarily while they work the therapy, and then when the therapy becomes uh, effective, when their their toolkit. Uh, that they've that they've learned becomes a, a useful. They're able to use it effectively. Then you try to peel away the medicine, and 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 don't use it as a way of life, but simply as sort of like a you might use a crutch when you break a leg. Eventually your leg heals, and you get rid of the crutch. Eventually your mind heals. Hopefully you get rid of the medications. So um so you're right. But though that fear is usually the underlying cause of a tremendous amount of anxiety and anger, and those fears are often fear of abandonment, fear of success, fear mm -hmm. of failure, fear of rejection, disapproval, fear of looking stupid. There's all sorts of fears, and uh, and I just want, I'll throw this in now that one, you know, when you're looking at your life and you're looking at your fear, you know, if there's something you can do about uh, the thing you're afraid of that might happen, then take action. But if there's right. nothing you can do about it, like, hey, maybe there's going to be an earthquake someday, maybe there'll be a terrorist attack, there's okay. nothing really we can do about that, right. you have, you know, then, then you've got to accept what you can't change. It's the right. serenity prayer. But there Beautiful. are things we can change, and that's what people have to learn to do, is the, try to be fearless in looking at their fears. Don't, don't Try to avoid being in denial. Try to avoid rationalizing. Try to look honestly at yourself and your thoughts, and then you have a chance to intervene, make better choices, make better thought choices, and then you'll have uh, the emotions will come into place. I think to, to a large degree, uh, people develop that based upon their, their upbringing and their, and their childhood, and, uh, and a lot of messages that they get, verbal and nonverbal messages that they get from the people who are raising them, parents or, or grandparents, whoever they might be, they get a lot of messages from teachers and peers, and, but mainly from the parents. And uh, if the parents, uh, hey, it's, it's not easy being parents, and most parents really don't know how to do it real well. There's no class, and, and uh, most people are, are dysfunctional. Most families are dysfunctional. And so what happens is the parents uh, usually accidentally uh, will shame their children or, or, uh, or make them feel guilty or put them into double binds where if they say one thing, they get punished. If they say the, uh, the opposite, they might get punished. So the, 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 uh, the child develops a whole set of internal labels about him, him or herself. So like, I'm stupid, I'm not good enough, things will never work out, uh, you know, I'm foolish, I'm silly, I'm ugly, you know, I'm inconsiderate, I'm unloving, I'm bad, mm -hmm. I'm evil. These are all labels and messages that, mm -hmm. that people get when mm -hmm. parents are trying to just discipline or when parents get very frustrated. But these labels are shaming and they create guilt and they create like uh, this dysfunction in the child. And so then the, the child develops defense mechanisms to try to navigate childhood. Uh, but these things get internalized and they get, and they get stuck. And then when they're adults, and they no longer have to buy into the childhood labels, it's too late. They're already locked into their unconscious. They're locked into their sense of yeah. self. And so now you've got to break through. Yeah. Now you've got to identify all, these, uh, all, all this negative thinking. You've got to identify the, the, this inner critic, which is always putting you down. You've got to identify these labels and challenge them and, and recognize that uh, just because you know, your parents uh, kept on telling you that, you're, that you are, are an underachiever and you don't work hard enough and you're never going to amount to anything and you're stupid doesn't mean that you are. And, uh, and you have to challenge that. And you have to challenge because what happens is those messages then create 
our, our emotions, and our behaviors. So mm-hmm. if you've been told all along your whole life that you're not good enough and you're not smart enough and that you're an underachiever and you're never going to succeed, then when you are an adult and you try to go forward and make something happen, you'll sabotage yourself because you've got mm-hmm. this belief system about yourself which is extremely powerful. So that's why you've got to do the work. If you're getting mm-hmm. in your own way, if you have sabotaging behaviors, if you're procrastinating and not doing things that you know are in your best interests, you're attacking yourself. And you're attacking yourself because of these unconscious uh, you know, messages and self-loathing. And so mm-hmm. we challenge you. You've got to bring them to consciousness, challenge those, those uh, self-labels, and, uh, and kind of recreate yourself. And then when you do... Again, a lot of the anxiety, depression, anger, defensiveness, guilt, and shame all goes away, and uh, and what takes its place is happiness and contentment, inner peace. You know, I mean, it, it, to some listeners, they might think, oh, this is easy said. But again, I like to emphasize what Dr. Jacobson had mentioned. Work needs to be done. Work needs to be done. I've done a lot of work on myself, and I continue to do it. I continue to improve myself because there's always – life happens. And, and see, the thing is about life, you know, we are uh, um, exposed to the external world, to the media, to the society, and what society expects from us and what society – you know, what's, what should be accepted and what should not be accepted. And if we keep feeding from the outside to what we already have, there is no room for us to grow or to be free ourselves from these sabotaging, you know, uh, behavior and the anxiety that we, we feel. Is that correct, Dr. Jacobson? Well, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think you were sort of touching upon this idea of, uh, of sort of peer pressure or, or, or what the external world kind of labels you or, uh, the world, you know, the external world tries to uh, con- control us with media and with advertising to make us mm-hmm. believe that we should be a certain way. And it's all very, it's it's all very seductive and it's all very dangerous. We are being bombarded with all sorts mm-hmm. of of controlling messages throughout mm-hmm. the day from everybody in work, play, on TV, computer. Uh, some some of it's subliminal and under consciousness. Other mm-hmm. other parts of it is quite quite blatant and obvious. But the point is, you must you need to know thyself. You've really got to understand who you are and not buckle uh, by uh, peer pressure. Don't be manipulated by other people's expectations of you. Decide for yourself the kind of person you want to be. And then every day, try to be that person. And then every night, do an inventory and look and say, how how was I today? Was was I the person I I wanted to be? If yes, good. Pat yourself on the back and keep doing it. If no, make a course correction. But you're right. It takes work. Every day, it takes conscious effort, Mm -hmm. consciousness to keep in the forefront of your mind the truth. Because the subconscious mind and the ego is insidious. And it will just get in there and try to, like bring you right back to unconsciousness, right back right. to self-destruction, right back to anger and depression, anxiety, you know, defensiveness. So uh, you have to always be on the alert for that inner critic and your subconscious mind that's trying to defeat you. And, uh, and if you are conscious and you do pay attention, you're vigilant over your thoughts, you're reflective about your behaviors, you're willing to take criticism and learn and grow, you will get better. But, right, it takes work. It takes the work. Yeah. Yeah. That is the process, is you look at your emotions. You look at your thoughts. Your thoughts precede emotions. So uh, negative thoughts will generate negative emotions in general. Positive thoughts generate positive emotions. So if you've got, uh, so if you look at your thoughts and you recognize that they're negative uh, and pessimistic and cynical, or they they may be totally skewed by your fear, and so they're just completely uh, misinterpretation of data. You look at somebody, they frown at you, and you think 
and you get angry because you think they don't like you. And it might be they just have an upset stomach or they're worried about uh, getting fired and it has nothing to do with you. But we right. project all of our fears onto other people and then, right. then, then that creates uh, anxiety and depression and anger and then we're off and running. So you're right. You've got to look at the contents of your mind. Look at your thoughts and ask yourself, is, what's the evidence or data that this person doesn't like me or that this person is being mean to me? Or what's the evidence or data that I should be worried about X, Y, or Z? If there is none, then you reassure yourself and you remind yourself to relax and calm down. It's all okay. Nothing bad is happening. I don't have to go down this emotional uh, road. And, uh, and then you distract yourself. You put your mind on something else. When the ego tries to bring your mind back to the same garbage, you again go, no, time out, not going to go there. I already analyzed this situation. This is my insecurity speaking. It's not reality. I'm not, I have no need to be depressed or anxious or angry over this. I can be okay. And then, you're, and then you distract yourself. And again, your mind will try to bring you back. But the more you do this, the more you reinforce the truth of who you are and, uh, and, you know, and challenge your insecurities and fears, like I said, eventually it becomes a new habit, which is what you're talking about. Eventually you replace this old way of thinking with a new way of thinking, and the new way of thinking leads to healthier and more stable emotions and behaviors. The, the best way to really be able to control your mind is to first have a solid understanding of it, have an understanding of who you are, what your insecurities and fears are, what your stressors are, and how you, know, and how, how you react to environmental circumstances. And then once you understand that, then, you go, then we go into the toolkit training phase. And as I said, this involves cognitive therapy, how to, how to look at catastrophic thinking and change it, how to be in the present as opposed to staying stuck in the past with your guilt and shame and, and regret, how to, how to be in the present, how to be in the now instead of in the future, worrying about what if this, what if that. Uh, you want to be in the now. You want to get rid of catastrophic fear thoughts. You want to get rid of, uh, of misperceptions uh, by looking at the data. Uh, so we, and we teach the positive psychology principles about uh, basically counting your blessings, looking for the blessings in disguise, uh, learning how to neutralize that voice of your inner critic, how to replace it with your inner colleague, that voice which really is your higher self, which really does have, a, have wisdom and knows what's best for you if you can just turn off the noise. You know, uh, so we have uh, the spiritual principles. Uh, a lot of people sabotage themselves and get in their own way because of guilt, shame, and self-loathing that's deeply embedded in their unconscious mind. When we learn to get out of our ego and be uh, and engage in esteemable acts of kindness towards others, when we learn to get rid of our resentments and our harsh judgments of others, we're actually healing ourselves. So we teach people about how to get rid of judgment and attack thoughts, how to be tolerant and accepting. It's really important. And, uh, and the more people do that and, and release their judgmental harsh judgmental thoughts become more accepting and tolerant and, and, and forgiving of others they're actually in a way becoming more accepting tolerant and forgiving of themselves and then we give people communication skills because most people don't know how to argue fairly mm. they don't know how to argue appropriately how to debate and, and mediate uh, differences all they end up doing is interrupting attacking blaming accusing looking at the, judging people from the past and uh, and so uh, most people fail at relationships because they have very poor communication skills we teach those as well, and stress management tools as well. And then once they've got this toolkit training down, they've got this incredible array of skills to use to regulate uh, everything, then we uh, give them a period of time to practice it, and, uh, and, they, and we give them, they give me feedback, and we give them suggestions, and then if they are on the plan to uh, get off medicines, then with their doctor, with their prescribing doctor, we come up with a plan to very slowly, very gradually, one medicine at a time lower them, get them off them, and, uh, and then 
there they are. Then they're able to go forward in their lives and hopefully live much more effective, self-actualizing lives. I'll just follow up quickly on on two things. One is, yes, you're absolutely right about the news, talk shows, talk radio, uh, whatever. People spend way too much time uh, just focusing on this stuff, and most of it is negative and violent and aggressive and angry and full of hate and judgment. And uh, so if you want to stay informed, find something that will inform you about what's going on and then turn off all of this noise. It's a bunch of crap. Uh, These people don't care about you. They're just trying to make money off of your emotions. Secondly, you mentioned about stopping and pausing, and that's uh, one of the techniques we use. I I call it stop, look, and listen. When you're caught up in an emotional outburst or or a state, uh, stop, uh, disengage, look at the data, look at the evidence, uh, what's true and false, what's realistic, what's not, and then listen to your higher self, to that voice which knows what's best. You do this, you take the time to pause and think, uh, you'll have better outcomes. Truly that, beautifully said, and I'm always grateful for your knowledge and your expertise in sharing it with us, uh, Dr. Jacobson. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate Thank you. It. Wow, you are listening to a highlight of uh, uh, my interview with my friend, uh, Dr. Walter Jacobson. It's amazing. You know, I was listening to it as uh, I was playing it, and some of the, the highlights again that kind of popped in in my head. He said, the best way to control your mind is to understand your mind. And he also said, get rid of the misperception by checking your data, which is true or false. So question everything and ask the question, is that so? And if it's so, how so? You know, so don't just accept things. And he also said uh, one more thing that really kind of resonate with me as well. He said, turn off the noise. You know, we are so bombarded with some of these reality shows and the news and the negativity. You know, we tend to take that in and, uh, you know, of course, our reality start become part of someone else's reality. So if you want to create your reality, check your own self, not someone else. So we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, I will introduce you um, to one more guest that I featured here on part two of the best of 2013. Lynn Branson, the Belgian um, filmmaker and author of uh, Super Guide Me. Okay, so we're going to take a short short break, and we will be right back. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. I love what Maya Angelou had to say about the power of the spoken word. She said, I quote, words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with deeper meaning, end quote. And that is the reason I made the decision to put my words into an audiobook. So please check out my spoken words in my new audiobook, Your Life, Your Way, The 10 Must-Have Goals to Improve Your Life. It's now available. You can either go to my website at www.coachingbyria.com and purchase it there. You can also download the book from iTunes by going to the link I provided in the show page or simply go to iTunes stores and put my name in the search, Coach Ria Wilkie, and you will be able to download the audiobook from there. And I do thank you all for doing so. And if you um, like to write a review, please do so. 
and I'm always grateful to be in service. Thank you. Okay, my friends, welcome back. You are listening to Your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether you are listening to the show live, archive, download on iTunes, of course, the Stitcher app now is available, So, and all the episodes are on Stitcher. So if you got a smartphone, you know, go ahead and download the app so you can listen to all my episode on the go. So my friend, again, this is part two of the 20 of the best of 2013. You know, it's taking you back a little, you know, through the year of the best information we shared here on the show, some of the best guests and some of the best inspiration, you know, um, that we had here on the guest. So I chose a few of the guests, but I have to tell you, I'm so grateful for every guest that came on my show because each one of them had a lot to share. But, you know, I tried to make this in two parts. So now you're listening to part two. If you missed part one, I encourage you to go and listen to some of the great stuff that we had in part one. So last but not least, I'm bringing in one of my also friends, uh, um, Lynn Branson. As I mentioned before the break, Lynn is um, a Belgian author, a filmmaker, and he is the author of Super Guide Me. And uh, um, if you believe the law of attraction or, you know, if you try to listen to your heart, I think you're going to resonate a lot with what Lynn has to say here on the show. So I'm putting some of the highlights here from the interview. And I love one of the things that he said. He said, if people follow the wisdom of their heart, our planet will look quite a bit differently. There would be no place for hate, frustration, pollution, suffering, pain, war, lack, agony, and famine. So, you know, with all due, um, you know, in, in uh, more introduction, I am going to turn it to the highlights of uh, Lynn Branson's interview. So enjoy, and I'll talk to you soon. I want to say bonjour. Comment ça va, Lynn? Oh, oui, oui, oui. Welcome, welcome, Lynn. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for bringing in those people and clapping for me. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I try to do you justice, but I'm going to hand it over to you. So what what else can we know about Lynn that I did not mention? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I'm I'm still on my journey. And, and actually, uh, the the whole thing that started in, in 2007, uh, after watching the, the, the Secret and learning about the teachings of Abraham with uh, Esther Hicks, um, I mean, going on that journey has brought me so much from, from the movie, Supervise Me, to uh, my newest uh, book, which is a companion to the movie called Super Guide Me, uh, Love Your Heart. After I've seen The Secret, and that was in 2007, and I'm talking about the original uh, The Secret because there's two versions of it. Right. And the original version, uh, we have Esther Hicks uh, from the teachings of Abraham right. in it, and she got edited out in the second version of The Secret. I'm just emphasizing that because uh, through The Secret, I got to uh, know the teachings of Abraham and Esther Hicks, and I really thought that was very, very cool information and actually affirmation for everything that I've done in my life before I saw The Secret. I was a music executive. Um, I, I, I've, I've met all the great musicians, artists that I love. I had a great, great, great career. But the turning point was in 2007 after seeing The Secret. I thought, you know what? I've done this all my life. Now I can do things, but on a conscious level. And um, so I, 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 you know, I took a new path, 
and um, I decided to change music, um, my first passion uh, of my life, and exchange it for love and wisdom. And uh, I didn't know at the time yet what that would mean, but you know, I set that intention. Um, and then move up about two years later, uh, February 2009, that's the night that I woke up and I had this idea of doing a documentary, creating a documentary and writing a book about a spiritual experiment. And um, I've never, I've never done that before. It, it was just an, an idea, uh, but I took the first steps. The next day, I started writing down the idea, the concept, format, and um, I started producing the whole thing. And the, the format of the, of the movie is uh, that came to me that night was how cool would it be to take nine teachers from Holland and Belgium, so teachers that could be coaches, authors, speakers that are working with love and wisdom and spirituality and personal growth. How cool would it be if I would take those nine teachers from Belgium and Holland on a road trip for nine days? And during that road trip, I would have them teach each other because they never get to teach each other. They go on stage or they, they're doing a radio show somewhere and then they move on. They never interact a lot with each other. So I thought, I'm, I'm going to bring them together. and. I'm going to lock him up for nine days, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have him teach each other. And at the same time, in the concept, the idea was, while they're teaching each other, while they're being with each other, I'm going to throw in nine life questions, questions that we all have. Who am I? Who is God? How to forgive? How to love? How to release? Um, all those questions I decided to throw in, and uh, I would have them answered those questions while they were going into this amazing inner journey and outer journey with me uh, for this movie and book. Uh, so that was, that was the whole idea. Um, so when I started the next day, that's all I knew. But I took the first step by writing it down, by making a list of people that I could approach and ask. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know any of those people. I didn't know how to make a movie. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know anything about the publishing business. That was all very new to me, but um, I had inspiration and I had passion for it and I felt it. So I listened to my heart. I literally applied uh, the stuff that I've learned through my life and uh, that was emphasized again by the secret and the law of attraction. And I just went on and took step by step and I approached people and people said yes, some people said no. I, I, I looked for uh, somebody who could do camera stuff and a sound man and a producer and slowly everything came together and um, before I knew it, on the 9th of the 9th of the 9th, 999, hence uh, the number, the 9 questions, the 9 mm -hmm. features, the 9 master classes, on the 9th of September, we left with a crew of 30 people um, and uh, look, the destination was an old monastery in Andalusia in Spain near Sevilla and we arrived there and we stayed there for nine days we answered the questions we did the master classes and uh, let me tell you that was an amazing amazing journey because when you're together with people like that and and and, mm -hmm. and you're like confined in an old monastery there's no TV there's no no distraction mm -hmm. you're really together um, you know after a couple of days if you have a mask that mask will drop. You can't keep up any acting anymore. So raw, authentic power is, is emerging. And with that, 
uh, inspirational answers are, are there to those questions. And, uh, and so we shot the whole thing. And um, when I came back, I had amazing footage to make a movie. And I had amaz- amazing uh, wisdom and knowledge and, and content to write a book. And uh, I mean, from there, I can go on telling you magical stories that happened. Magical story, I can imagine. Oh. And you know what? It all started with the question, didn't it? Exactly. And, and I believe that, I mean, that I'm very passionate about questions. Because questions is like an, an, a very easy, simple uh, kickstart for personal growth. Right. If you have anything in your life that, that you're struggling with, anything in your life that you have problems with, that you feel resistance with, all of that, if you start asking questions about that matter, about that, mm-hmm. that subject to yourself, and if you become quiet, and if you let all the voices that are talking to you um, slow down and, and disappear, because, I mean, there's tons of voices talking to you, there's the government talking to you, there's your teachers talking to you, your parents are talking to you, your friends are talking to you, your neighbor is talking to you, but at some point, if you're still, you're going to start hearing that inner voice inside of you giving you all the answers that you need. And it starts with a simple question. And the question is powerful. The law of the question, Mark, is amazing. If you ask a question, you cannot ignore it. If I ask you, what's your favorite color, it's going to come to your mind right right away. Right. If I ask you, what's your favorite number, it's going to come to your mind right away. So that simple trick to get answers is just, you know, to ask, ask the question. question. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's what everything is about with, with what I do. All my content is based around mm-hmm. questions. Right. Well, and in my coaching, this is how I practice my coaching. It's a series of questions, and my clients always ask me, it's like, why you ask me a question? I said, because you have the answer. But exactly. you never ask yourself the question. And that's what it is. I mean, it's it's, it's truly, truly amazing. Um, And, you know, ask and you shall receive, right? But let me ask you this question. I love Michael Beckwith. I love Ricky. I mean, they are the most amazing people. I met them, you know, in Philly. And uh, what is it like to work with Michael Beckwith? He was narr- he narrated the uh, the the first one, right? The Supervise yeah. Me. Supervise Me. Love the Heart is narrated by Michael Beckwith. See, when I started it, and when when I when I woke up, I knew that the movie that I was going to create and and, and thing that was coming uh, was not just for Belgium and Holland. Um, it, it's been very successful in Belgium and Holland. It's been on TV. Uh, the book has been published by by a major publisher, and, and so everything was has, has has been working out extremely amazingly well. Uh, but I knew I wasn't doing it just for Belgium and Holland. I wanted to do something for the world. I wanted to share my story and journey with the world. So my idea was, okay, I'm working with people from Holland and Belgium, so the movie will be mostly in Dutch, uh, so I can subtitle it. But if I really want to make it international, I need a narrator that uh, has uh, the universal language, and, and one of the universal languages is English. So I thought, who could who could that be? And um, Michael Beckwith came to mind. And uh, releasing, letting go, if something looks bad, um, it, just wait until it unfolds all the way. Don't get frustrated. Um, let it be, let it be, let it be. Yep. And, yep. and wait till the big picture is there. So that's how I got to Michael Beckwith. And, and then he said yes. And ending up with sitting with Michael in the studio, and now he's reading Amazing. the stuff that I have written down for my movie. That's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. I have to quote what you said in Super Guide Me, the edition that you wrote to Oprah Winfrey. I uh-huh. like what you said. I quote, I believe that everything happened for good reason. 
I believe that everything is possible. I believe in love, the unconditional source. I believe that I can do, become, and achieve anything. I believe that those who are the most difficult to love are the ones that need the most, end quote. So let's talk about love, the unconditional love, the law uh, of love. But before I, you answer the question, I want to again say what you said in your book, um, Super Guide Me, the addition you wrote to Oprah Winfrey. If people followed the wisdom of their heart, our planet would look quite a bit differently. There would be no place for hate, frustration, pollution, suffering, pain, war, lack, agony, and famine. Thank you for saying that because it's so true. So tell us a little bit about the law of the heart. What is love? Oh, wow. See, that, that's... And that's, that's so great about the question mark, right? What is love? And immediately you engage me in going inside and starting to feel what my answer to that would be. And I don't think there's one answer to it. Uh, so everybody would have a different answer for it. Um, so for me, what is love? Um, love, love, I see, I see in, in, in everything. I, I, I see it in, in, in food, I see it in the eyes of a child. I see it in in people engaging and doing beautiful stuff and sharing and giving and and um, in, in living the, the the life to to the fullest, really. Um, as I try to do every single day, I get up. That's my intention. Um, what is love? I love I love questions. So what is love? So now you're engaging me to go inside. What is love today for me? Because the answers. Are, are, are growing and expanding every day too. Uh, once you, you've given an answer, the next day your answer can be different. So what is love? What is love? Can I give you my version of love? And yeah, you know what? You can, you can be maybe, uh, you know, because I know you have said a lot of beautiful things. Um, I'm just going to tell you because I know that our, our, our um, human um, experience to emotion, love and fear. And love to me is the absence of fear. Love is when we can close our eyes and, and, and not worry about anything, you know, not being afraid of anything, you know, because, I mean, we're talking about the pure love, and I know you've talked about that in your words. I've read the beautiful things that you said about that, um, the unconditional sort of love, you know, that most of us, unfortunately, we, you know, most people, not many people experience that. Of course, you, you always have the unconditional love mother to a child, you know, father to a child, um, that's unconditional love. But the love that we always seek is within, right? Right, absolutely. And so I'll you let know you what? take over from that. Because <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I, and, and for me, I, I haven't been able yet to uh, word the answer to the, to the definition, what is love, yet. I can't word it. I feel it, and it's amazing, and it powers me. And it, 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 it keeps me going and it, it makes me forgive and be compassionate and give and love and share. It, it, it's a feeling and, and the, I haven't found the words yet to describe what I feel yet, mm-hmm. but I feel it. So, um, but the answer to this question by a girl named Emma mm-hmm. and, she, and she's six years old and this is what she wrote down. What is love? Question mark. Love is when you're missing 
some of your teeth, but you're not afraid to smile because you know your friends will still love you even though some of your teeth is missing. Oh, my God. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. And that's from a child coming from a six-year-old who doesn't even think so much into the definition. Wow. That's, that's why she's so blessed. No, not a lot of thought there. Just coming from the heart and, and expressing it. I love that definition. It, it, it's beautiful. The law of the heart and the, the, the wisdom of the heart is always working for you. The heart is always speaking to you. It's always there, always listening, being there, watching out for you. So the trick is to act on what it's telling you. If something feels bad, you are able to navigate and switch route, take a different path, um, uh, or, or stand still for a minute and, and reflect on it or let it be at some point. So your heart is always there. It's always activated. So you don't and have it to doesn't act. lie to you. It does not exactly. lie to you. Right. And you don't have to activate it because you know. You know. You always know. Because everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody is love and everybody is amazing. And I do appreciate everybody for showing up in their life because, you know, you make your life. So, Lynn, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. I love to be, I love to be part of this and I love to be uh, helping spreading love. So I'm happy that I'm not doing this just by myself and there's many people around me starting to do it. Thank you so much. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Coach Ria. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you listen to the show live, archived, or if you have downloaded, listen to our Stitcher app or on iTunes. I do thank you all. So that concludes our today's show, part two of the best of 2013. And uh, before the break, uh, you were listening to Len Branson the Belgian author, filmmaker, and uh, he is the author of Support Guide Me. We talked about the law of the heart. He talked about his journey, um, witnessing the law of attraction at work and how he got um, Dr. Michael Beckwith um, to narrate his book and, and, and the process how he got there. But we didn't want to play every single part of the interview because I wanted to give you the highlight. And it was a great, great guest to have and been inspired to really take a look and ask yourself, what is love? Have you experienced unconditional love? And I hope you do because, you know what, after all, you know, we all deserve to be happy and uh, go after what makes you happy from the inside, not the outside, because the outside is only temporary, and that will go away so fast. So before we uh, go off the air next week, just wanted to mention we're going to close the year with a brand new guest. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be an amazing show. I can't wait to uh, to be on the air with my uh, my new friend, um, and uh, he's going to be talking about his book, Dear Pierre. And, uh, well, with that being said, one more thing to notice, you know, we're closing up on the year so fast, and I wanted to mention I got a lot of requests for guests to be on the show, and I wanted to mention if you have, we are taking some requests now, so if you have something positive you want to share or you want to um, share some short message on the show, 
I welcome you to um, go to yourlifenow.info. That's www.yourlifenow.info and send us a request with all the information that, you know, what you're looking for. And uh, I welcome you guys all to do that. So, you know, this show is all about, you know, inspiring everybody else who's listening to it. So I do thank you for um, for reaching out as well. And, of course, if you want to learn more about me and my coaching and training, you're welcome to go to my website at www.coachingbyria.com. You can send me a message here on the show, so make sure you follow the show for up to minute information. And, uh, you know, it's this time of the year, you know, we all going to be so busy, you know, with the holiday and everything. And then the new year is coming really, really fast. So I encourage you to contact me. And, and, and so you be the first one to know about my upcoming online course that I will be doing that will follow up with my audiobook, Your Life, Your Way, The 10 Must-Have Goals to Improve Your Life. So in that course, we're going to be going through some uh, specific way of setting some smart goals that are relevant to you and how that can help you. So again, if you are interested, I encourage you to go to my website and uh, contact me and tell me you are interested so you'll be the first to know. I will announce and share the link for um, how people can sign up for the, for the course and then receive the discount before, you know, um, before the, the, the course goes live. And uh, first, you know, if you, if you sign in early, you get a you know, better price. That's what they tell me. So <laughs> I'm not working that detail. I'm just going to be teaching and hopefully, you know, giving you the best uh, of uh, 2014 by setting the right specific goals that are good for you. And uh, so it can take you into an amazing 2014. With all that being said, much love to you all. Remember, you are amazing. Stay amazing. Much love. Take care now. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea. Coach Rhea is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. 